Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 86. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. <laughs> My name is T.G. Hollums. And we are here <laughs> once again this week, professional as always, never making a mistake. <laughs> Take two. Mm. Anyway, this week we are going to be talking about the age-old question, or at least the question of the day, is tithing a requirement for Christianity? Hmm. Hmm. So, DG, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. You, 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 things going all right for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I understand yeah. that you've had uh, a busy day doing some v or busy week so far doing some VBS work. Yes, definitely. It's been um, a ton of fun. We, we're doing the ghetto VBS, is what I call it. And everyone's like, "That's so racist," and I was like, "Actually, no, you are because there's all kinds of different ethnic backgrounds <laughs> on the hill there." So. Uh, but uh, they themselves would call it ghetto. They don't care. So I'm not being offensive at all. So it's so funny. It's like you know the people that think that I'm offending those are the the people that live on the hill uh-huh. are the people who would never even have a relationship with the people to even know if they would be offensive. You know, offended, offended or not. It's, yeah, it just cracks me up. So anyway, um, that that's pretty interesting. I, I love that you guys are involved in doing that. Is that something that your church put together or? who organizes that yeah it's a it, the entire district of the methodist church is supposed to be <laughs> the ones that are supposed to be helping out with it and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it usually ends up being about maybe two methodist churches that are even doing it which means we need lots of help and we still need money for food and all kinds of stuff like that but um but it's i mean it's fun it's you know you, you always wish you had more participation not from the people on the hill i mean we've got uh 150 200 kids and i mean 200 uh, low-income family kids that are running around. Some of them are, are are literally pushing their brother or sister in the stroller as mm-hmm. they're going around trying to do vacation Bible school. I think it gives you any indication about uh, the kind of people that uh, that we're trying to minister to. So uh, anyway, it's just, yeah, it's, it's hugely rewarding, and I wish we could have a little bit more involvement. Maybe someday the people that are listening to this and not live in the area or something like that, you're more welcome to stay at my house and help <laughs> us out with VBS. That would be awesome. But it's so funny because we have youth from the Florence Church that are going, I think God might be calling me into the ministry because when I'm here, I feel the presence of God and, and I feel the love of God going through me by loving on these kids. And I mean, it's really, really cool stuff. Wow. Uh, of course, they're also... Uh, having to break up kids shoving each other's heads into the wall and stuff like that. I feel God's presence. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, you know, you're like at, at my church at the Florence Methodist church, when we have VBS and we say, draw a picture, you know, they're drawing rainbows and clouds. These kids are like drawing guns. <laughs> they're drawing rap artists. <laughs> nice. But, uh, it's, 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 it's really rewarding. So yeah. Yeah. Doing VBS. And actually, my wife is doing the majority of it. I'm just trying to help out with it. Um, so, anyway, please pray cool. for my wife. That's what I'm basically begging you to do. <laughs> and if you live in the northern Kentucky area and you want to help out the rest of today and uh, all, I guess, tomorrow as well, right? Um, it's today. What is today? Thursday. It's yeah. today. 
And then tomorrow's just lunch. Oh, okay. So 11.30. And then Saturday, they're having a big carnival. And oh, they're wow. going to have, if it doesn't rain too bad, they're going to have cotton candy and, you know, stuff like that. They're just having tons of fun down there. Very cool. And how can and they get... Out school how, supplies. Out school how, should supplies they, how should they get a hold of you if they want to help? Uh, Gosh. Your email address? Oh, you know what? This is a perfect time. I can use my Google Voice. There you go. I don't right. know what the number is. So nice. I have to look it up on my phone. DG has no idea what his number is. I'm sorry. Uh, let me let me find it real quick. Well, what email address do you have, just in case somebody wants to email you? Uh, email is fine. Uh, just DG at TH, then the number three, and then the word waters, plural, but waters.com. So it's DG at thewaters.com. Except the E is a three. In the word the. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I would never give out that email address. I, it's just too much work. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> the with the three and the waters, but no three for the E in the waters <laughs> dot com. That's funny. Okay. Uh, my Google voice number is 859-474-0344. There you go. I want to say it's 859-474-0DGH. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Ah, zero DGH. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, anyway. Didn't you have a party or or last week or is it coming up or? What do you mean a party? Well, I think that. Oh, yeah. There was a big big concert last week. Oh, yeah. Or two weeks ago. Oh, okay. It was two weeks ago. Well, I'm way behind. It it was really good. We had a great turnout. Matter of fact, we had a lot of people who joined us. Um, who came there just because of the the fact that I posted it out on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So that right, was kind of right. neat to just have some folks from the community. And, and of course, it was really cool because it, it's, it was like, it wasn't like any other church event that's done in, for the public that I've ever been a part of before. It was uh, 70s and 80s and 90s music. And it was just a, it was just a picnic where people came together. We had lots and tons of free food and just had an enjoyable time together, hanging out, tossing Frisbees and tossing footballs and whatever else. And uh, had a big concert. So very cool. Fun stuff. Anyway, uh, today we are going to talk about something that, you know, once again, this is something DG and I have not talked about beforehand to find out which either of us think about this. Yeah, so sure. today we we have no idea what each other thinks about the type topic at hand, which is the topic of tithing. Mm-hmm. So real quickly, the question is simply as New Testament believers in Christ, you know, you know, according to the New Testament, are Christians today, do you believe, does the Bible require a tithe? Oh, you want me to answer it now? I'll yeah. Th- I'm sorry. I thought you were stating the topic. <laughs> so, so that's the topic. And well, I guess before you give your response and before we have our discussion, sure. the question is, what is a tithe? Right. Yeah. I think that that's, but, the, that's probably a good place to talk, talk about this because I recognize that there are a lot of non-Christians sure. who are not familiar with, with the, the faith at all that maybe they hear, they've heard, you know, about money and tithing and stuff like that and are offering, but they really have no idea or understanding where this all comes from. Yeah. So. What, what, how would you explain to somebody who says, well, what is tithing? Um, I, I, I think that it, it's an old Testament term. So okay. I really think it's, it's, um, it's starts way, way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when I just typed it into Bible gateway, the first place it popped up was Leviticus. So, you know, I think it's, it's definitely way early on. Um, and, and it's, uh, Genesis, Genesis 14 has it actually. Oh, really? I wonder why. 
Genesis 14, 20. Well, why didn't Bible Gateway bring up Genesis? Maybe the version that you're looking at may have used a tenth oh, instead the, of tithe. Oh, for New International Version? Yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, uh, you know, as, I'm not asking what Wikipedia says because anybody can go and it do that. It does say a tenth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Genesis 8, 5. Is that what you said? Uh, 14.20. Oh, wait, wait. That's the tenth month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Genesis. 14, then Abram 20. gave him a tenth of everything. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's. I think that uh, once again, I believe that this number ten is actually a symbol, um, and I think that the number ten in the Old Testament really has the symbol, uh, the, the the symbolism of saying a, a wholeness, a completeness. Uh, so, if you see that number ten uh, in the Bible, there's a pretty good chance that it's either used or um, has the meaning of saying a wholeness, a completeness. So basically the idea is, is if you give 10% to God, what you're really telling God is I acknowledge that everything I have is yours. Everything, the completeness, the wholeness, everything that I have is yours. And I'm giving you just a, a symbolic representation to be able to let you know and to remind myself <laughs> that everything is yours. Right. And I, and so I think that, um, that's 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 my understanding of where a tenth came comes in, and so um, this whole understanding that uh, a Christian uh, or a Jewish person uh, or Israelite has to give only ten percent is absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, why can't you give more than ten percent? Uh, the uh, the idea is that you are that you're showing Christ and showing God. Um, that you are acknowledging that nothing is yours and everything is his, including your own life, including your children. I mean, they gave the first fruits of everything. So, you know, back then when they didn't necessarily have a monetary money, they did have fruits and vegetables. They did have uh, a crop. They did have, um, uh, you know, cattle and, and, and goats. And, and they even would give their kids, you know, just say, hey, my first son is going to be a Levite. <laughs> right. I'm going to let this person dedicate their entire life to you, God, because I acknowledge that everything, including my kids, including my spouse, um, you know, is yours, period. Right. And so um, I think that's, that's ultimately that's my, you know, in a nutshell. It's a little bit of a large nut, but... <laughs> That's but it's not, still that is not the title of this episode. That's a large nut. That's a large nut. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, uh, how I've explained it, uh, and, and it, for those who are not familiar with the Christian faith, it, a tithe, in my understanding, what I've always been told, just simply means a tenth. The, the, the word translates to a tenth. And, um, and, and basically what it is in the Christian faith, the way that I've always been brought up, is that and the way it's always been taught and preached in any of the churches that I grew up is that a tithe is required of all Christians. Uh, it's something that God requires as a testament of our faith in him to supply all of our needs. And it, it's not necessarily, and I've heard it explained so many times that it's not about supporting the ministry. It's not about paying the salaries for the pastors. It's not, you don't do it because you have, you know, you want the lights to be on. You do it because you have faith in God and that it is, it is a way of, it, it is an act of worship saying, God, this is, I trust you with everything. So that, that's exactly, the, but with that being said, they're very, the churches that I've been involved in are very specific that says that, that how, as a Christian, as a mature believer, as one who is a follower of Christ, a disciple, when you 
uh, place your membership with our church, you are required as a member to give one-tenth of your income. Before or after taxes, do they clarify that? Most most churches, now, not all churches have clarified that specifically, right. but most churches have specified and probably a majority would specify that it is before taxes. That's what they would say. Wow. So it, 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 it's, it, some are more legalistic than others. Sure, sure. But it's always, it's always been clear that if you're a member of our church, one of the expectations as a member is that one-tenth of your income comes to us as a tithe. Right. And that is not – and, and things that are clearly spoken against are these things. Uh, you do not – if you disagree with the church and you feel like they're frivolously spending money in other areas, that is not for you to determine. You still have to faithfully give to the church. These are these are things that as an associate pastor, I listen to in a church – in church board meetings oh, being discussed. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, not, now, the other thing is, is uh, other things that are – taught against in the churches that I've grown up in. And again, trust me, I'm not speaking for all Christian churches here. No, no, of course I'm not, only yeah. che- I'm only sharing from you my experience in the churches that I've belonged to sure. as I've grown up in the Christian faith. Uh other things that are talked against is the idea or the concept of you deciding where that tenth gets spent. So let's just, mm. you know, one of the common thoughts among some Christians is, you know, oh my gosh, I, I know of my next door neighbor who's a widow and she's been shut in because of the snow and she can't, she doesn't have any income and stuff like this. She hasn't got her check. I want to go and buy her $200 worth of groceries and just fill her pantries. Right. You know, and what I'm going to do, my, my tithe this month is, you know, $300. I'm going to go ahead and spend 200 here and I'm going to give the other hundred to the church. Right. Completely forbidden by the churches that I've grown up in. Right. No, you must the, give this. 10% just must come here. And if God so calls you to spend the other $200, then that's how you do Whether it. Whether it be compassion child or whatever else. Whatever that's else. only on top of the 10%. Exactly. Right. Right. Now, my question then. So so that that is kind of, um, those are the kind of things. Now we'll, and let me give my, my history. And okay, my go ahead. Yeah. It uh, has not necessarily been a requirement at, you know, whatsoever. It's just been, hey, 10% is a good place to start. And we encourage everyone, if you are able to do that, then, you know, go for it. That's great. But um, no Methodist church that I know of, uh, and, and I'm not saying there aren't any, uh, but I don't think that that would be, that would be poo-pooed upon. I, I have a feeling. What? Would- uh, if a Methodist church required its members to give 10%, I don't know if they can necessarily do that with the polity that's in place right now and as the entire United Methodist Church. Well, the world well stress required, because, let, me, let me just, uh, let me just add the addition here that i mean it's not necessarily enforced it's just an expectation okay okay, okay. it is a requirement that you are in most churches that i've been a part of it is required that for you to become a member that you agree with number one their 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 belief statements that you, right, sure, you're on board sure, with sure. that yeah. and also you agree Reje- reject the spiritual forces of wickedness and oh yeah believe in that. christ and yeah but but along with that when you it, it, when i say a requirement it's just that it's required that you understand and that that you agree to this is what you're going to do it's not like people come to you and it's like you know hey here's the giving statements are you telling me that you only made seven thousand dollars this year because ten percent of that seven hundred and 
Uh, nobody yeah. comes to you with that. Right. And, and I, and, you know, there are people in the chat room that are saying there are some churches that require you to show you their, your W2. Well, um, and, Lynn, and I know the, the, the Latter-day Saints require that. Lynn, they require you to see your taxes. Linda is in our chat room. She wrote this and I copied it out and pasted it into my notes here. So that and just in case the chat moved it away. Uh, <laughs> she, smart. That's a I smart move. <laughs> uh, I think the church down here has flipped its lid when they started billing you <laughs> what your tithe is. And you don't. Uh, and if you don't pay, it goes to collections. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. Can you imagine that? My friend has been taken to uh, my friend had been taken to collections. It's crazy. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And they're basically saying, hey, we are a business and we have a automatic bill payment option. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, man, that is ridiculous. Yeah. It, That's taking that it that is taking it to some extreme, my friends. Yeah. And my question is, where is the faith in God of the leadership of that church? Right. If it, right. honestly, if I'm the pastor of a church and I really do believe that tithing is something that God desires for his followers, where is my faith in God to move into the heart move in the hearts and the lives of those people in my congregation to lead them to do the things that God wants them to do? But I mean, I can see them looking at Ananias and Sapphira and saying, "Oh, we don't want anyone to blow up <laughs> and to be smitten." Then let's you know let's be careful about what we do with money and they and they take that hardcore literal and mm, yeah make you got to do it you know um, I never I never even thought about bringing Ananias and Sapphira uh, into this Let, let's read that real quick because okay. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like uh, who are they so <laughs> let, let's read about the story with them and so um, how do you spell Ananias <laughs> it's Greek man it's Greek to me uh, hold on I'll, I'll just we'll just type it into Google and and uh, it, I know it's in the uh, book it's of in Acts. Acts. Yeah, Ananias. Ananias. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> I got it. All I can do is paraphrase. A n n a n i u s. So let's. Uh, a n n a n i u s. Well, that's what that's one spelling. A n a n i s. Okay, so it's a n a n. Maybe I don't know. I a s. All right, yeah, here we go. And Acts chapter 5. So, now a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira uh, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back a part of the money for himself. He brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept it uh, and have kept for yourself some of the money that you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not. Li- Let's see. You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. <laughs> I bet he wish he went to collections <laughs> or I guess maybe he did go to collections. You're like, Lord, is there a debtor's prison? Cause I just, I just want to spend time there. I don't want to necessarily die. And great fear seized all who had heard what happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped his body, carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes. She said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. 
at that moment she <laughs> fell down and God's collection agency came and <laughs> took her away That's so bad. and she died. The men car- came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her outside uh, beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Now with this DG, I want to suggest to you that I do not believe this is a, uh, a message that has anything to do with tithing, but has more to do with lying. Okay, I can see that, uh, but this that whole story is in contrast to the story that was just above that. Okay, tell me what in was chapter just four, about that. And it said, all the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the cells and put it at the feet of the apostles. And, what and I, it was distributed to anyone who has need. And then it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Bar- uh, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So you can see this is a continuation of this story that's going on here, that everyone was selling everything to take care of everyone. <laughs> but and, and my point to this would be, that they were doing so out of the generosity of their own heart, le- giving as the Lord had led them. Where it sounds like, and what I, when I read Ananias and Sapphira, what I read is a story where they feel like following suit, but more out of peer pressure than mm. out of the kindness of their own heart. And where I get that, and, and again, I'm just reading it, and I'm not some biblical scholar, and I've never claimed to be one, but I even hear Peter saying, but wasn't this land yours before? You sold it, and even after you sold it, wasn't the money still yours and at your disposal? It's not right. like we're and, 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 and now. Tell me if I'm reading in the to this too much, but if I paraphrase this, it's like, did, did we did we twist your hand and require you to come and bring us all this money? No, but but instead, what you've done is you are coming here pretending to 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 be more sacrificial and generous than you physically are you are you're withholding for, for does that make sense yeah i, I think it's it, what i'm reading in this story is that it's not necessarily that this was required of him but something that he felt like you know what everybody else is doing this and wow uh how great will i feel about myself and how great will other people feel about me when i also generously give you know all that i own right. to the it's, church it's, it's very similar to the to the um the widow and, and praying and in the, and then the, uh, the priest praying, you know, just, and then she just gives the widow's might kind of just like, here's everything I basically have. Yeah. And, and, and the, the one guy throws in, you know, <laughs> a measly amount or whatever else. And well, he, me, well he throws, well, he throws in a ton more than right. the widow, right? but that's, it's like next to nothing compared to the amount of money that he has when right. she threw exactly. in everything. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's heart issues and, and, that, and I think that's, that's what, what I'm, yeah, and that's what you're getting at. And, and I agree with you. I think it's, it is a heart issue and, and, and somehow Peter knew, uh, he, you know, God gave Peter the ability to be able to go right straight to their heart and say, wait a second. <laughs> right. And, and I think the, you know, and, and, and I definitely agree with you. And it's, it, I think it's the spirit knew, you know, yeah, the, sure. the, the spirit speaking right through Peter is like, listen, you know, dude, you it's, know, how can you lie? You're not lying to us. Right. You're lying, lying to, to the God. Holy Spirit. And you know, it's interesting. Did you say, uh, this is a side note, but did you say had tested the spirit? 
What are you talking about? In the in the translation you read, it says, you know, Ananias, how has Satan so filled your heart that you have tested the Holy Spirit? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Here. Because mine says lied to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the Spirit of the Lord? That's the new uh, new, the new international version. Okay. Well, it's just interesting that they... So there's there's a little bit of a translation variance yeah. there, so we could. Be but uh, but actually, anyway. actually, yeah. But still, the the whole idea I think is that this is a this comes down to a hard issue, and not necessarily, you know, so legalistic requirements. I am, I I believe in I believe in authority. I believe in and I believe in that you know I, I'm a I'm an authoritarian, and I tell you my personality is legalistic in nature. Okay. I sometimes would love, I'd love for you to give me a list of the rules and buddy, I'll, you give me the guidelines and I'll do everything I can to stay within those guidelines. You're a paladin. Sorry. Okay. I'm bringing out my D and D. So, <laughs> but, but the thing is though, is that that's a dangerous place to be sometimes because right. sometimes you, you, you can actually be following the guidelines, but you lose the entire Right. principles or values behind why those rules are in place or why those guidelines are there. Right. And, and so, so but, but I think and nation's kind of seen this too. Um, so if we did say that it's a heart issue ultimately, then the question is, and this and nation in our chat room is saying this, why is tithing good for you or what does tithing do to you? And, it, and, and I, I would question the fact that, all the you stuff is the byproduct, and we and we should be asking, why should we be doing this for God? Does that make sense? Do you see the difference between what am I getting out of it as opposed to, as opposed to what oh, am yes. I giving to God? Right. And I think there's a difference between tithing. Tithing is a worshipful action. It yes. is worship. Yeah. Of you saying to God, everything I have is yours. I'm laying everything at your feet. Every single time at the at the church that I I'm out on Sunday mornings, First Methodist Church in, in Florence. Or not first, it was just Florence Methodist Church. <laughs> but um, I always say at the when we pray after the tithes and the offerings have actually been put in the plates and we're handing it to the acolytes to be able to take up to the altar, I pray, you know, God, take these tithes, these offerings, our hearts and our lives. So it is, this is so much more than a monetary thing. Yeah, that This is a down. heart issue and it is a sacrificial living for God. Yes. And and a lot of people say, well, yeah, but where's that money going to? And I think that's the real issue for a lot of postmoderns, a lot of people my uh, my generation. They have issues for how the church spends that money. Yeah. Matter of fact, Tony's in our chat room. She says, okay, what if you totally disagree with something your church has done with our with your money? Well, first of all, I, the, I, I think the question is whose money? Because if, if you've decided in your heart that this is God's money and that you're just giving that to where God has called you to give it, right? Then 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 the I, I still see your question, but let me let me tell you how I personally would rephrase it. How would I feel if I totally disagreed with something the church was doing with God's money, or the resources that God had entrusted into the leadership of our church? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, that, so. And, that, and especially when you hear stories about, you know, pastors that go off and, and gamble and buy really super expensive cars. And then you find out that they were embezzling money from the church. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, that's going to cause a lot of people to say, whoa, who in the world is making these decisions about how this money is spent yep. for God? 
And, and and that's the challenge. I mean, and that really, really is the challenge. And and the churches that I've been a part of will say, listen, you know, you, you have to trust the leadership of the church. And, you know, God just tells you to give the money here. I personally, as, as a postmodern type of person, you know, I have I literally left the church because the vision of that church uh, was different than what I felt God calling me to be a part of. And the the there was one little single strand of straw that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. and it was it was a giving it was a band uh, giving slash building oh. campaign yeah and it was a five million dollar giving campaign and in this five million dollar giving campaign they were going to to build a four million or let's see here a four million dollar a four million dollar student building they were going to be, to take $900,000 to do an upgrade of sound equipment, mm-hmm. $900,000 yeah. to upgrade the the worship experience right. in a, in the in the existing building. And as an act of generosity, they were going to give $100,000 to build <laughs> a hospital or to staff a hospital in Haiti. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, oh, by the way, I know that we said that, you know, I was going to retire one day and ride off into the sunset. We were pay the de- pay the debt down, and I was going to ride off into sunset, and, and that would be how I retire as, as a pastor of this church. But I've since learned that we'll never be out of debt. And so, by the way, we're starting the building process next year, <laughs> and we're, we're, we need, we want to raise the first million dollars uh, by the end of this year, and we're going to borrow the other $4 million from the bank. Right, right, right. I left that church two <laughs> weeks later. <laughs> and, and Nation says, did the building campaign fit with what they believed was their calling? If so, then your issue is not with how they use the money, but their vision belief. It was their, that, no, I have no doubt. Right, that and, they, and you, that, you that said that. You did I said, said that. from the very beginning, it was right. their vision was different that, than what God called me to right, be a part exactly, of exactly. and to support and to be a part of. Right. So and, it, it, that, and I want to just say real quick, I think that that's a fascinating church. I think they're doing wonderful things, but they were expecting me to not only give my tithe, but they wanted me as a leader to lead by example and to give a, 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 a sizable a guaranteed contribution pledge right, right. over the ne- course of the next five years. And they wanted me to get that filled out so it's on paper so that I, they could take that and show it to the people that I led saying, right. your leader, you know, right. one of your leaders, Cliff Ravenscraft, believes in this campaign and this is how much he's pledged to right. give. And I'm like, I don't believe in this. This is completely different than the vision that God's laid out for me and, to, and the sure. type of church that sure. he's called me to be a part of. And I think that the another issue that, that you come up with is just kind of giving in general and if and it really is a very very postmodern uh way of thinking at least i I think that a lot of people are saying to themselves wait a second i don't necessarily trust you to decide where this money goes for god right and so i am going to decide where this money goes because i'm going to prayerfully decide and it's it really is focused around me 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they do is they say, well, you know what? I don't care about the electricity or the water in the, in the, you know, in the main building, even though I'm going to use it and appreciate it. I know I don't care about that. I only want to give this money towards, you know, the preschool and, 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 uh, our preschool Sunday school classrooms and something, you know, for kids in my youth. And, and what happens is, and this is what's happening all, all over the place 
is people are designating their giving, which they're required by the government to only make sure that money only goes to that designated giving. It cannot go anywhere else. It has mm-hmm. to go to wherever they where they're designated on their check. And so churches are having tons of money for missions, but they're not having enough money to be able to pay the electric bill or to be able to pay the water bill or the trash bill or whatever else. And and so a lot of people, and this is just the difference. I think, honestly, this is the difference between the 50s and today. Because in the 50s, everyone did have this mentality of we're going to all collect it up and we're going to divvy it out and we're going to trust that the God's, God's going to work through whatever the finance committee is or whatever else to be able to make sure that stuff happens. Um and and I think in 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 today's world, uh, at least at least a lot of people that are part of the waters, the, the church plant that I'm doing, a lot of the people in the waters are sitting there saying they're saying to themselves, "Wait a second, well the electricity in the water is just comforts for us. What are we actually doing that's caring for the world in the midst of that? You know, are you really truly using your building as a mission, or are you using it just for yourselves? Mm-hmm. And I, and I would I would I would argue that. Over fifty percent of the churches out there are the buildings are just for the just for the Christians. It's not even being used to be able to love and care for the rest of the world. Of course, it's debated, and you can go any way you want to. But I mean, uh, is it really truly missional outposts, or are they just buildings for themselves? Right. And um, and so I have the challenge uh, of saying, you know, and they say, so I don't want to give that money. So instead of doing giving it to the church, I I really am blessed by the music that I heard at the Cincinnati Symphony. So I'm going to give that money to the Cincinnati Symphony, and but their reasoning for giving it to the Cincinnati Symphony is Cincinnati Symphony is because they don't necessarily trust how the church is using the money. Yeah, I, and my thought is, what what makes you think you could trust the Cincinnati Symphony to use your money? You have just as many opportunities for people to embezzle money there mm-hmm. uh, as you would as the church. So once again, is it truly a heart issue of your own between your relationship and God and making it a worship? Or is it, is it just being feeling good about being a philanthropist or something? You know, it's just very, very frustrating on that part. But we need to get to another email that that Richard said. Yeah, he sent us a link. Uh, uh, basically, it, this is in our show notes, by the way. For those of you who are joining live, gspn.tv slash ATC notes. And you'll see the link there. You can just click on it. Uh, it'll bring you right to... Um, uh, Bar- uh, Barna takes a stand against tithing is what it's called. George Barna is a, a leading researcher in the Christian faith uh, movement and has a, a lot of uh, great statistical research. But anyway, this is an article that we re- recently read. And DG, if you'll pull it up, I'll let you read the first paragraph section there. Well, and b- then- before I read that, he sent another email before that. And it was a quote from Timothy Ratcliffe. Oh, okay. And who is a uh, Catholic Dominican friar priest. And, and this is the quote he said. Okay. It is simply unjust that the 400 richest American Americans have an annual income of $69 billion, which is vastly more than the combined incomes of Nigeria, Senegal, Uganda, and Botswana. They have no right to this money when 8 million people a, a year die of starvation. The greatest challenge for humanity at the beginning of the third millennium is to recover the sense of the ultimate priority of the common good over the rights of private property. Hmm. So he sent I, that one, and then he sent the other one. Yeah, I, I, I re- he sent that. Unfortunately, I did not have a chance this week to, to read through that entire thing. The one question I have is the, the top 10 people, you know, I mean, what, how, does, how does that fit into the church here? Because, I mean, those top 10 people, are they Christians? You know, I mean, what does the church, how can the church address that? 
Right. Good question. You yeah. Know, and, and, and of course, as a Catholic priest, it's basically just saying, <laughs> I think he's yelling at capitalists. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so while I, w- I don't know as far as how I would say about, you know, what, what is their right or what have you, uh, you and I obviously disagree on capitalism, uh, at least to a slight degree, if not a, a, a moderate degree. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am, I am not opposed to capitalism at all. Although, you know, I, I do see some disadvantages of, of, you know, wealth distribution, but, sure. but I'm not a, I'm not a fan of government enforced socialism either. Uh, Acts two forty two through 47, pe- thousands of people were being saved daily. And why were they being saved? Because it was so radically different than what was norm. It was something that was a heart issue for them. And those people gave willingly uh, all that they had for the common right. good of all the people that was right. not a re- and, and i'll go back it, it, the whole thing is is the reason why the the movement grew so fast and, and people's lives were changed it's because these people were completely sold out to god and they gave from their heart not because they were compelled and when somebody was compelled they did so and when they wanted to hold back a little bit for themselves they were struck dead right where they stood right and we also have to realize that later on in the church, there were churches asking other churches for money <laughs> because they ran out of money. That that model of selling everything eventually ran out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had to come up with something different and something new yeah. uh, within the midst of that. Anyway, okay. All right. So you want to read the Barna? Yeah, let's, let's read this. The Barna Group just released some new t- statistics on tithing and donations for 2007. You can click the link there. Interestingly enough, George Barna takes a stand against tithing, tithing as a legitimate practice in the New Testament church. This is all kind of exciting to me because I'm in the middle of reading a book called Pagan Christianity by Frank Viola and George Barna. I am about two-thirds of the way through, and I can't seem to put the book down. I will write a post about that when I'm finished, but I just mentioned it because I had just finished reading the chapter on tithing. Ironic, I guess. I just wanted to highlight some things that were said. So you want to read the first highlight and then what he writes about it? Sure. Uh, This is the highlight. Whether they believe in the principle of tithing or not, few Americans give away that much money, end quote. Okay. And this is is, um, the blogger here. Yep. I would like to point out that greed is not biased to non-tithers. I've heard many a times that tithing is an antidote for greed. The reason why tithing does not overcome greed is because tithing is not the master of greed. A pure heart that is undefiled and led by the Spirit of God is the master of greed. Uh, Tithing has no power over sin, but the Spirit does. This is confirmed because although Israel had tithing completely spelled out for them, they still had to overcome their greedy hearts. Also, regardless of whether our giving is plainly spelled out for us through tithing or as an unpredictable factor through spirit-led giving, we still have to listen and obey. In other words, just because how much we should give is written in black and white compared to spirit-led giving, which it is not, we still have to put down our selfishness and obey one uh, or the other. All right. The next thing he quotes from the book, strangely, tithing is a Jewish practice, not a Christian principle espoused in the New Testament. The idea, I'm going to talk about that if, okay. he, if he doesn't. Sure. Um, the idea of a tithe, which literally means one-tenth or the tenth part, originated as the tax that Israelites paid from the produce of the land to support the priestly tribe, being the Levites to fund Jewish religion festivals, religious festivals, and to help the poor. 
The ministry of Jesus Christ, however, brought an end to the adherence to many of the ceremonial codes that were fundamental to the Jewish faith. Tithing was such a casualty, uh, or uh, was such a casualty. Uh, since the first century, Christians have believed in generous giving, uh, but have not been under any obligation to contribute a specific percentage of their income. All right, so he says to follow up with that, many people are, this is the blogger again, many people are blinded to the point uh, where they were tithing as a principle, not a, as a practice. George Barna said, that, said it right, tithing is a Jewish practice, not a Christian principle. Uh, there are two practices that come to mind when thinking about the church. One, baptism, and two, the Lord's Supper. Tithing is not one of them, nor is it a principle. Uh, I've said this so many times. Tithing is a standard, not a principle. Uh, in the Old Testament, we see Abraham as the first person recorded to tithe. But we are not commanded to follow Abraham's actions. We are commanded to follow his faith. Barna also mentions the three functions of the tithe, support support the Levites, fund Jewish religious festivals, and to help the poor. At this point, I see the church doing a good job of fulfilling one of the three of those tasks. That's if you want to equate support of the Levites to support the, the ones who are ministering. If we were busy trying to build God's kingdom instead of our own kingdom, I think we would be doing a much better job with fulfilling the other functions of the tithe. Not that I want the tithe and not and all its purpose incorporated into the church, just hypothetically speaking. All right, you want to read the next quote? Yes, yeah, so he quotes during the first five years of the, of the decade. An average of 84 cents out of every dollar donated by born again adults went to churches. In the past three years, though. The proportion has declined to just sixty to just seventy six cents out of every donated dollar. I find this statistic on this blog again. I find this statistic very interesting indeed. This is saying that for the first five years since two thousand, that all of the donations given, eighty four percent of them were given to the church organizations, but since the past three years, only seventy six percent of the total donations have been given to church organizations. So people have been giving 8% less to their churches and giving it to some other organizations. I don't know. To me, that's a big jump. Think about it this way. Imagine if eight out of 100 people stopped giving the money to their church and instead of giving it to the Red Cross. Hmm. Very interesting. Maybe a little wake up call for our greedy church budgets. You can read more about my thoughts on the, anyway, this I'll link yeah. that he put in there. Yep. And anyway. back, I'll, I'll just finish it off. because it's very, And then um, the book he quotes again, if this transition in the perceptions and giving behavior of born again adults continues to accelerate, the service functions of conventional churches will be redefined within the next eight to 10 years. And conventional churches will have to adopt new ways of assisting people in need. And then the blogger lastly says, that was a part of Barna's interpretation of what the statistics are telling him, and I agree. What's your thoughts on the new tithing statistics and trends? Do you think Barna is on target with this analysis? Do you think this blog is on target? All right. I, I want to say, uh, uh, going back to the original question, is tithing a – is it something that Christians should be required to do? And, you know, when I hear this, and, and it seems like every year, usually in February, uh, all churches seem to have uh, the tithing message. Uh, and the, the way, at least in the churches that I've been in, uh, and it usually comes out of the book of Malachi, 
Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, very and, last book of the Old Testament. Exactly. And so what happens is God says, you know, do you know, why would you steal from me? And you say, how do you steal from me? Because you're taking you're, you're taking a portion of the tithe and 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 keeping it for yourselves. And and what was going on? And, and here's the thing. Basically, in Malachi eight through actually, let's read it real quick because it's, it's short enough. Let me go ahead and pull it up here in my Bible gateway. Uh, what did I say? Malachi um, 3, 8 through 12? I think that's right. 3, 8 through 12. Well, you're finding that. I'm just going to be open and honest with everybody. My wife and I actually do tithe before taxes. Okay. Um, but most of the time that just goes straight to the Florence Time of this church. Mm-hmm. But lately we've been putting half of it towards the Florence Time of the church and half of it towards the waters, the church plant that I'm doing. Um, and then every now and then, since we're in ministry, we do a lot of purchasing stuff for God on top of that tithe stuff. So there's a lot of times where we'll just buy it with our own tithe and not even turn it in. And we're like, what? You shouldn't do that because of taxes. And we're just like, well, whatever. Right. Does God <laughs> not? I just have... want to be open and honest to everybody here. Sure. I actually do practice uh, a 10% tithe um, with, with, before taxes with my wife and I, both of our salaries. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll share and gifts, with you. If we ever get a gift. I'll share with you what I do before we wrap up, which we, we've got to do here pretty shortly. But anyway, um, robbing God. This is Matthew, or Malachi chapter 3, verses actually 6 through 10. Let's do that. I, the Lord, do not change. So uh, actually, no, let's start with 8. Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and if and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. Uh, let's see. Oh, the, the vines will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be delightful land, uh, says the Lord Almighty. So here's here's what usually happens in these sermons that I've been a part of. They usually bring out Malachi and say, listen, if you're not tithing, you're robbing God. And it says it right here. Right. All right. That that and I just want to say I I despise hearing that every <laughs> single time because that is not what this is saying. He, God was speaking to priests in this in this section of scripture. Basically, the priest, if you read a little bit earlier in Malachi, you'll learn that they were taking the tithe that was meant to come into the storehouse of of the of the uh, place there of the temple, and instead of bringing it all into the tithe, into the storehouse, they would take some of it for themselves and cook some of the animals and 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 they would just they would partake it of a, of their own. And not bring all that had been brought as sacrifices over. So the the Israelites were giving, but the priests were the ones, the the pastors, if you will, were the ones who were keeping a portion of it for themselves. They right. were they were extorting the money. I mean, now some of the, now it's written in, in 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 the law that that is what they are to eat. But, but they it's, were. It's only after it has been completely dedicated and given to God. Does that make sense? That's right. And so this, they weren't doing this. So when it says here, "Will a man rob God?" Yet you, it's not you, Israel. It's you, priests. Now, because of that, all of Israel is going to suffer because of what you've done. Now, that that's the way that I read it. Now, with that being said, the question in that article was whether or not there did Jesus do away with tithing. 
I I can't say that Jesus I can't say completely that Jesus did away with tithing because of Matthew twenty three twenty three. Uh, and that's where uh, one of the Pharisees of the law came and says, you know, uh, what all must I do? And blah, blah, blah. It's like I give a tenth of all I have. He says, listen, do, you need to do one without neglecting the other. Uh, actually, let me read Matthew 23, 23, just so I have the exact quote. Uh, Matthew, okay. Matthew. Oh, I can't spell Matthew and it's my son's name. How about that? <laughs> all right. Matthew three twenty three. I, I still didn't get it. Uh, three, did I, what did I say it was? Matthew, what? Uh, Cause now I've lost my notes. Okay. Oh, Tw- it's 23, 23. That's why. Uh, 20, let me do Matthew 23, 23. That'll pull it up. All right. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a 10th of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters, matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So he he's saying you should have done these things without neglecting a tenth. Right. Okay. So, right. and and some will argue, well, that was before his death on the cross, which started the new covenant and blah, blah, blah. You know, it, in my mind, let me explain to you. If somebody asked me, do I believe that tithing is required uh, of us as New Testament believers? I'm going to give you my opinion Okay. My opinion is no. A tenth is not required. However, I will tell you what is required is giving a portion of your income as the spirit leads. Now, that's what I personally believe. My wife and I do give a tenth of our income to our local church. And the reason I do that is because we became members of that church and we agreed to, um, to that as a member that that was an expectation. This was something that we agreed to that this was an acceptable expectation of us. And we do believe in the ministry and we do believe in supporting the, 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 those who minister in our church and our church does do the other two of the three things that the original thing, and we do things for the poor. We do all those other, we take care of all three of those issues and our, and I love our church and I do trust and have faith that our church is going to do things. Now, have they done some things with money that I don't agree with? You know what? I don't pay much attention to it, to be honest with you. Right. But I'm sure that they've bought some things that I think maybe might could have been used better elsewhere. The money could have been used. But you know what? I I give because this is what God has called me to do. Right. Now, I will tell you that uh, this month was the very first month since we've had been running my own business that money has been tighter than it's ever been before. And I will tell you that uh, when we were looking at the budget, figuring out, okay, we've got to cut $625 out of our budget hmm. because we're, we're $625 short this month. Right. And we're looking at all the things that could be cut. We cut our, I mean, our grocery, you know, beans and weenies and, and rice and beans and sure. beans and rice. We're eating that this week, this month. That's not a problem. It, I'll tell you, I $300 was allocated to, to giving as, uh, as tithe to the church. Mm-hmm. And the question was there staring us in the face. Do we not do it? You know, and right. I will tell you, we stood our ground and says we are still allocating that money and it's still the first check that we're going to write and it's going to be given this weekend and we will trust God for the rest. And we we took our budget and I mean, it's like, dude, we're not driving anywhere that is not absolutely required. We're not going to eat anything that's not abs- we're not getting anything at the store that's not required 
and so have on. So basically, yeah, that, that's that's how we feel about it. And I and right. God has blessed us since day one. And the things that I am doing with this business financially to leave my career back in January of 2008 does not make any financial sense whatsoever. And God has never failed to come through for us. And we've been tithing the entire time. Yeah. So, and I agree. I think once again, it's a hard issue. I, I'm not necessarily a hardcore on 10% because I have nothing wrong with you giving 20 or 50 or and, 75. And I if mean, you're not giving anything, I have no problem with you testing out, seeing if God can, if you can live on 98% of your income, right? And seeing if 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 you you can just slowly increase that sure, to, I, I, to see God a, move in other people's lives. It is a heart issue, and you will. I guarantee you, if you are giving with the right heart. You will be blessed. Yeah, you, you will be blessed. And and, and and that's of time. That's of money. That's of you know any form of sacrifice that is of worship to God. I why not call that a tithe? Give ten percent of that, whether yeah. it be your time of the day, whatever else. Um, anyway, no, love you guys. Thanks so much, everyone, for for listening. Yeah, well, we it still got two minutes left. To, so oh, we do. Okay. Oh yeah, we're good. <laughs> so I'm surprised no one called in on this one. This is a pretty. This is a big one. Well. But anyway, folks, uh, you know, we we just want to thank you for subscribing to this podcast. I do want to yeah. say real quickly, uh, we put this episode out here every single week for free. And so that you'll never have to worry about whether or not you'll miss this if you're not a Plus member. Uh, but I want to let you know that yesterday we added our 288th and 289th person who signed up to become a Plus member. Oh, cool. Uh, I will tell you, it's the first time we've added a new Plus member since June 17th, though. Which has oh, been gotcha. a little bit scary for us. Things have been a little tight here financially right. uh, in the gspn.tv world sure. headquarters. Uh, you are certainly not required by any means to give any finances here. But if you right. guys would mind, wouldn't mind, check out gspn.tv slash plus and learn what plus membership is. I mean, really, you may not believe it, but $10 a month can go a whole long way when it's added to 289 other people's sure. $10 a month. And sure. so we... Uh, Financially, we our goal is to eventually get to 500 plus members, and that pays everything. Right. Uh, that, that takes care of all of our regular expenses. And so gspn.tv slash plus if you decide to do that. But if, if, if you are having a hard time and you want to start applying your money to giving at, either as the Spirit let, is leading you or if you feel compelled by God to give a tithe, I encourage you to do that first. Sure. All right. Definitely. So, just, uh, you know, whatever... That that I, I do believe that that's a hard issue, and if if you feel oh, yeah, that tithe definitely. is required, then by golly, I I think you should give the tithe. Yeah, sure. So that's that's what I think. That's what I believe. Thank you to <laughs> a special uh, donor who who last year gave uh, a, a great um, contribution to us, and uh, when he gave that contribution, he just asked us to remind our listeners each week to please pray for another church in your area that is not your own which yeah. i think is a very noble and very worthy thing to do and and, and and i also want to throw out there thank you to richard who gave us this topic today yes if you would like to be able to help us out and give us topics please leave us a voicemail at 859-795-4067 uh, put that in your phone right now and if something pops up throughout the week you can just automatically dial it leave a voicemail and that would be great for us to be able to get those topics to us. So, 15 seconds left and uh, go to praxispodcast.com, gspn.tv slash shows, and uh, twitter.com slash argon52 and twitter.com slash gspn. <laughs> bye bye. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.